0: This week on Dig Me Out. I love you. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi,
1: Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out union on Patreon. You can make us you can make us, you can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com and digmeoutunion.com. You can make us do whatever we, you want because we are monkeys and we uh, dance for your dollars. Send us those Patreon dollars <laughs> and we'll dance. Merengue? I don't
0: know. My, my uh, uh so Zora- got a merengue lesson she's like yeah it's just walking in place i was like
2: (laughs) it's like you just keep your feet moving and you just walk in place and then once you're walking in place then you can just like walk forward or backwards or it's like she started doing i was like you know what i think you're right it is just walking in place
1: she figured it out she cracked the code
2: you have to do it in rhythm but for the most part
1: Yeah, well, it's the rhythm part that usually gets people, (laughs) not so much walking forwards and backwards, although some people do have trouble with that. Uh, It's more of the staying in rhythm. With your partner. But that's okay. So, Jay. This was a long poll, so not only did this monthly poll go its four rounds, we have the three rounds of preliminary polls, nine albums each. And then we have our final round of six albums in the fourth and final poll, but that ended in a tie, and we had to have a runoff of the final poll. So this went five polls, Jay, which is also the punchline of a joke about how many <laughs> people. I'm a lot. I'm Polish, so I can make Polish jokes. Uh... <laughs> so no, let's uh let's talk about. Our polls from August. Um, let's just run through what we had here. We, got, we, got a, we had a lot, and some of this stuff has been in previous polls. Uh, some of these are bands that we've talked about in the past. It was a wide selection of stuff. In, the, in poll number one, it was Molly Maguire's Lime, Headstones, Teeth and Tissue, The Philosopher Kings, The Rich and the Beautiful, Overwhelming Colorfast, Self-Titled, Cloud 11, Self-Titled, Fishbone, Reality of My Surroundings, Apex Twin, Come to Daddy, Galactic pow- Cowboy's Space in Your Face, and God Bullies War on Everybody. Two winners out of that were Aphex Twin, Overwhelming overwhelming color, color Fast. Round two. Bon Jovi's Keep the Faith, Sam I Am's Clumsy. Has there ever been a poll in which those two <laughs> albums have been in there?
2: I don't think so. I, no. I, I love hearing this list.
1: Oh wait, it gets because.
2: In hindsight, it's just when I'm in there, you know, creating the lesson, putting things up, I'll, sometimes I notice it. Other times I'm like just getting stuff done. But now reflecting back, this is lunacy.
1: It is lunacy. Oh, it's going to get more lunacy-ish. <laughs> uh, then you had Sven Gali's self-titled The Grapes of Wrath These Days, Adam Schmidt's Illiterature, Enigmas, M-C-M-X-C-A-D, Enigma. <laughs> Vi Lush bon Jovi
2: in the same poll. Yes. My goodness.
1: Vibro is self-titled "Dead Guys: Fixation on a Coworker" and Chapter House's Blood Music." That's a pretty diverse group of stuff. Yeah. Third and final round. Buffalo Tom's Let Me Come Over." Sandboxes Bionic." Material Issues: Freak City soundtrack: Hayden's Everything I Long for." Mike Viola and "The Candy Butchers falling into place. Uh, a compilation album called Punk Rock Jukebox, K's Nature Creates Freaks, Today is the Day, Temple of the Morning Star, and Adorables Against Perfection. I forgot to mention it. In round two, Sam I Am and Enigma won. In round three, Adorable, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Adorable and Hayden won. So in the final round, Hayden, Adorable, Overwhelming color Fast, Apex Twin, Sam I Am, Enigma, Holy crap, that's an interesting group of of albums. (laughs) So, it was a tie between Hayden, Everything
0: I Longed For, and Adorables
1: Against Perfection.
0: I went to a runoff. 60-40, Adorables
1: Against Perfection wins it. Oh my gosh, that was so long. So many (laughs) weeks, so many days. Of uncertainty. I like certainty. I don't so like much uncertainty. much tension.
2: Do you have any fingernails left after that? I don't. I, I don't. Just chewed them off like a rat.
1: So had you heard of Adorable? No. Me neither.
2: I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked this one. I mean, I realize that, you know, we don't, we often don't know the records, but for it to have beaten that many other
0: albums, you think we would have heard of it? Yeah but no no idea
1: and here's the thing i have read alan mcgee's biography i have which is called creation stories i watched a documentary on creation records and i don't remember this band being mentioned either time and they were on creation records so yes I don't, I don't uh, feel bad that I, I missed this band. Here's a little bit about them.
0: History of the band.
1: They were formed in Coventry in England in 1990. Uh, four members for the entire run. Pete. Filikowski. Or Fijico- Fijal- Fijalkowski. Oh, Again, with the with the Eastern European names, um, guitarist and vocalist, guitarist Robert Dilliam, bassist Stephen Williams, and drummer Kevin Gritton. Now they were originally called the Candy Thieves, and then they changed the name because the Candy Thieves were more in the vein of like what they called the Baggy Trend, which was like Happy Mondays, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. And then they changed their sound. When they did that, um, the Candy Thieves guitarist, Wayne Peters, left. And then he was replaced by Robert Dillium. And that's when they became adorable. So they recorded a 12-inch, um, put out on a label called Money to Burn, got some positive reviews in the NME. They signed a creation in 92. They go on tour supporting Curve we've talked about, and put out Against Perfection in 1993, It went to number 70 in the UK, and Sunshine Smile, their single, was the single of the week uh, for Enemy, and it went to
0: the top of the UK indie chart.
1: Here's where things get interesting. Apparently, they were quite brash, these young fellows. And they got into a war with the press almost immediately.
2: Uh, isn't, that, isn't that mandatory?
0: You, I think so. I feel like to break there, you have to get in a nasty fight with the enemy. So originally,
1: the album was not going to be called Against Perfection. They wanted to call it, for some reason, Against Creation to piss off their own label. So they were basically just like, we're pissing off anybody we're around. Uh, They toured the US, they toured Europe, they toured Japan. Um, The Australian tour, I guess, was extremely bad because not only did they not get paid, but they brought like records on tour with them to listen to, and they got stolen. By the promoter, who was taking them around on tour. <laughs> so, I mean, these guys are mad. They put out a new, another record the following year called Fake. Um, they did chart on the UK Indie chart, but they didn't really make a dent, and the album didn't either. They got dropped by creation at that point, and um, then they broke up on stage in Brussels, which seems like the appropriate ending for this band. Right. You know, basically like three years of just fighting with the press and their own record label and sure, break up on stage,
2: <laughs> destroy all your instruments, burn the house down, and walk off.
1: Right. Exactly. Better to burn out than fade away, as, as Neil Young once said. Uh, what's interesting is most of these guys went on to just kind of work in normal jobs. Um, Robert Dillian moved to Scotland. He joined a band, but then it is, he teaches computer networking. Stephen Williams um, stayed in Coventry where they were from. And um, he's at Nottingham Trent University. He's the director of something. Uh, the Kevin Gritton is the head teacher of comprehensive school in Derby. All these guys went on to be teachers uh, or educators in some way. I kind of, I kind of worry about their uh, students. Like, is this like a, a another brick in the wall situation? Where you're not going to get your pudding if you don't eat your meat. Like they're just yelling at these kids. Right. Used to be a rock star, now I have to deal with you, pimply faced, snot nose kids. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure they're all very mature now and have grown up. Uh, they did actually reunite in 2019 played a couple shows um, and a compilation was put out in 2008 by Cherry Red, which is a really cool label in the UK if people haven't checked it out. does a lot of reissues. They do compilations, they do um, new stuff, but a lot of it is like putting together really good reissues. And they did one called Footnotes for the band, Best of 92, 94. Um, I've picked up some Marion stuff from them they did expanded editions of both of their albums. Oh, nice. With like every B-side that they put out for each of the album, plus right. you know, radio tracks and that kind of stuff. So, those are um those are worth picking up. And uh yeah, so that's the history of Adorable. We did get some comments. Um I'll try to s- suss them out from the the various pages here. Um, cause I'm curious who voted for this. Joe Royland said, I love a bunch of these would be happy with material issue. Buffalo, Tom, Mike feel, and the candy butchers. However, I'm going with adorable as I nominated that one myself about two years back and it, and it didn't get picked then. Mm. So congratulations. Um, David Haverland said as great as at Hayden Elm is and it's so good. I had to go with adorable. I heard it in my uncle's car. Everyone has that uncle that likes cool music. Um, I did. He drove a Corvette and then he divorced my aunt. Uh, <laughs> and I was blown away. I think it really set me on the musical path I'm still on. Just listen to Sunshine Smile or Homeboy. They're undeniable. Um, Gavin said, great listen this week. I'd be happy with several Buffalo Tom, but I agree Big Red Letter Day. Big Red Letter Day is the better album. I feel it's peak college Tim. Is that, a, is that referencing me, or is that a, just a misspelling of Buffalo Tom? I'm confused. <laughs> uh, let's take it as both. Okay. That, he also spelled it collage. It's peak collage Tim. Gavin, we got to work on your spell check. We got to get your spell check over there. And I don't know. Do they have spell check in Australia? I assume well, they do.
2: You have to switch it from uh, Australian to English.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> he said special mentions to adorable materialist Mike Viola and to a lesser extent Hayden, but I've chosen K. Never heard them. And being skeptical, of description. I really enjoy them. Uh, Patrick Testa also went with K. Said K has it all. Uh, Bill Davidson went with Mike Viola and the Candy Butchers. Um. So that was our comments. And then uh, on the final poll,
0: the uh, somebody had to vote for adorable because it won and nobody commented on it. Nobody. Come on, that's the tradition. How
1: is that possible? Scott Witt did say trashed by the press because of arrogance. That's my choice. (laughs) Sold. Sold, exactly. Give me two of those. Uh, So without, you know, delaying any further, Jay, let's talk about this record and these um, very brash gents. Tell me one thing you liked about Against Perfection by Adorable.
0: This, uh, This album had me guessing a little bit. As I
2: listened to it, it goes in a couple different directions that that I enjoyed. Um, I guess I was expecting, based on maybe the name, the album cover, and the first song, uh, it loaded up to me as like, oh, this is going to be a shoegaze record.
0: Uh, but as I got into it, I was pulled in first by the vocal because it's kind of this croony. Morrissey like. But then as you get into the
2: record, he starts to sound a little bit more angsty. There's some aggression. Uh there's some edge. it's a little punky at times. Um and then as I kind of kept pulling back the layers, it, it really felt like it had a um a bit of a callback to like 80s alternative. I heard things like psychedelic furs and
0: the Smiths and just the way that he sings and some of the phrasing um
2: you know reminding me more of the 80s than the, than the, the 90s uh, musically it's very 90s I think for the most part because you're getting the, the lush shoegaze style guitars at times you get some heavy fuzz um you know you get you even get some songs that are are moments of songs. You know, there's a section in Homeboy, for example, where it gets almost punky,
0: like, you know, simple chords bashing, you know, on the drums. So, you know, you get these twists and turns that are, you know, a little counter to the, the shoegaze,
2: even though that's kind of always there. You know, even on some of these songs where stylistically they might turn a little bit or get more aggressive, there's always like, a dissonance in the background on a guitar that kind of pulls you back to that you know shoegaze kind of feel from the delay and the in the chorus and stuff but it's got enough twists and turns and changes and I like the focus on the vocal I like also how the rest of the the full band you know gets to shine on the record it's not just about guitars the bass has moments uh, the bass tone is really good, and, there, and there's some you know songs where really uh, they're really bass driven. They're introed by bass. You can hear the drums. You know they're not just washy with a snare drum. You actually hear the kick drum, and you get the performance from everybody. You can tell where everybody's at in the song and how it's coming together. It's not just a wash of distortion and delay. So yeah, I mean, I, I like the the style of the band. I like the sound of the band. I like where they're coming from. And I enjoyed, you know, it stays within it, a space. Like, it doesn't go too far off script, but there's enough changes stylistically, dynamically, uh, that kept me guessing and, and interested song to song. I didn't get Sometimes with bands that, you know, are over, overly used, fuzz, distortion, delay, you can kind of get, you know, pulled into a, almost like a, dr- a droney trance um, and it starts to wash over you. And I don't think this record um, avoids that for the most part. Uh, and it, it
0: feels at times a little bit more urgent and almost grungy, you know, for, uh, than, you know, just kind of a washy shoegaze kind of band so uh yeah a lot of cool stuff going on here what'd you think
1: i agree with you uh there's a lot to like about this band and regarding the vocals the name or the sound that i i kept hearing more in the first half like you mentioned than on the back half is ian mccullough of um echo and the bunnyman okay that he has that like a little bit of like a bellow in his mm-hmm. voice at times that he hit that is in echo and the bunnyman songs. Um, and I thought that was a real interesting combination with, you know, this is in the shoegaze. I, you know, I, I know that like, it's debatable whether like swerve driver is Shoe shoegaze. Cause there, yeah. there's some, there's some elements, but it's not my bloody Valentine. Same thing with like, you know, the first Catherine will album is, very shoegaze the second one sort of tightens it up a little bit before going full-on hard rock in happy days this is more like chrome era catherine wheel than ferment it's not that like as blatantly uh distorted and and awash in noise like you mentioned homeboy that bass tone is really cool yeah it's it's real thick um It's not like fuzzed out or anything. It's just got a lot of heft to it. It doesn't sound thin, uh, which you would not, the bass would not be all by itself like that in 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 like a My Bloody Valentine song. That's just, you can barely make out what the bass is doing half the time on those tracks because there's such a big wall of noise. this falls into more like uh, you know shoegaze adjacent i guess you'd say there's some elements of it there's some elements elements of like just what was just overall happening in british music in the 90s and in in the late 80s like you can hear little elements of like a lot of different artists but without there's no nod to like brit pop in here yet it's right. more in the vein of like I can see this band very clearly fitting in with like Catherine Wheel and Ride, and Lush, and um, and Swerve Driver. Like it's not completely you know indebted to those bands, but it's in the same space where I could see them touring together or playing shows or what have you, uh, which also makes them hard to break in the U.S. Because of that, because none of those bands really had a big shot in the U.S. Because, and again, this is kind of towards the tail end of shoegaze too. I mean, this is when like Blur and Oasis are sort of gurgling up, and and Suede has already put out their first record. Pulp is active. Like My Bloody Valentine is done at this point. Swerve Dravers moved on to Mezcalhead. They're they're moving definitely moving away from like. Any sort of shoegaze sound into just like a big guitar rock sound. Um, and when does Happy Days come out? 95? So that sounds right. Mm. 94 or 95. Yeah. It's gotta be. So, yeah. I mean, even Catherine was shifting away from this. So, but this band, they know what they're doing in terms of there's interesting songs here, there's interesting structures. He's got some really cool vocal parts where he uses his vocal aggressively in the same way that like Rob Dickinson can do that. Um, It's not all like buried, you know, like in a lot of shoegaze adjacent bands, the the vocal can kind of take a second, take a back seat to the Mm -hmm. guitar noise and all that. And that doesn't happen here in the same way. There's a lot of parts where there's, it's very clear. It's not overwhelmed with distortion or noise. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. Um and just that, I mean, Alan Mulder produced it and he's got a pretty good track record for a 90s bands, so I'm not surprised it sounds good. Um But yeah, this was this was an interesting, fun listen because I had no conception of what this band sounded like. Yeah. And uh I know people were comparing them to like my bloody valentine but i think no i you know that's know, that's such a I, slippery slope uh, yeah I, I i think
0: we i guess i'll just say that yeah from a guitar standpoint yeah there's a lot of bands like uh you know
2: that fall within that shoegaze space that at times this Sonically is similar to, but from a songwriting standpoint, a vocal standpoint, and just an overall style presentation, it's I don't know. I I I am drawn more to those comparisons of I think the 80s bands. Um Echo and the bunnyman's great. Um mm-hmm. Psychedelic Furs and Smiths. Like that's the type of band I'm more thinking of when I hear this. Um
0: than those others, than something like My Bloody Valentine's to, to me, which is like right. a much more it, uh, it's a more challenging lesson. they're you know more, more experimental and
1: right no i think this pairs better with their label mates ride like going blank again yeah with a track like leave it all behind which is bass driven at the beginning of the song like that to me and that's one year before this so that to me is is where their contemporaries are in terms of their sound now again ride were able to write some like really really catchy for the time radio singles that got a lot of play and and the opening track um sunshine smile is really good And it now i didn't ask you how many tracks did you have on your listen
2: um i listened to it on youtube which had
1: 12. okay me too good that's the u.s version Okay. On the UK version, Sunshine Smile's not on the album, because that was on the EP that came out before. Huh. But this is the US version, which is correct. Uh, uh, Sunshine Smile, then- Smile leads it off, and then Glorious. And then, so basically it's all the same. And then there's a song at the end called I'll Be Your Saint. That's also not on the UK version. So the UK version is only 10 songs. Oh, okay. Which i feel like losing sunshine smile you're dropping a really good song which i understand it already came out there but
2: yeah i mean i think losing i'll be your saying is not a big deal but sunshine smile is um i don't know if it's the centerpiece of the record but it's certainly um indicative of the better material on here and it gives you a really good sense of what you're getting into starting the record off with it
1: the japanese version because of course there's a third version sunshine smile i'll be your saint and then a third song summerside and the record so glorious is the opening track for Mm. the japanese version as well as the uk version which i mean it's a cool song it just starts out with a much different vibe then because it's all like noise at the beginning and you get like this lazy bass line it almost sounds like um i want to be adored at the beginning yeah and so your expectation then for the record is much different by opening with that song
2: yeah for sure well that's the song where yeah the juxtaposition of sunshine smile and then that what is so interesting to me because sunshine smile i'm like okay i get
0: it you know it's going to be like a 80s vibe shoegaze thing and then you get to glorious and i'm like this is a this
2: is a pixie song right <laughs> this is a band that listened to the pixies okay well yeah okay well, interesting and then you get to track three and it's very punky it's like three chords and nasty fuzz and i'm like well this is a bit like nirvana I mean, it still sounds like the same band, I think because of the effects and just the presentation is the same. So those three tracks just had me even more intrigued, you know, just being able to see like that, to me that represent those first three songs really represent the, you know, the space this band is going to continue to play in, you know, Um, which I think the rest of the record, it it sort of bounces around those three, points of the triangle if you will yeah and without that uh, that's a very different experience i think if you don't have that first song
1: yeah oh huh. yeah the track listing makes a huge difference for this record based on what kind of wh- which version you listen to it um what didn't work for you on this record uh there's some songs that
0: are still i think growing on me a little bit uh, or they
2: lack, you know, a strong, I think, vocal hook. Um, like cut number two, I think there's a cool guitar melody hook in that song. I'm not quite sure if it's really pulled together from a vocal standpoint. Uh, there's some cool ideas in it. A f- uh, um, a fade. was it? A to fade in.
1: A to fade Remember? in,
2: yeah. A to fade in. Uh, is another example um it's a little washy and dreamy the guitar solo is kind of nice but again there's no like really compelling hook in that song breathless you know it's okay it's not amazing i'll be your saint again so they you know i think when they f- i think when they're in the pixies mode like things are sharp and they're using dynamics mm-hmm. and I mean, they're doing all the things that everybody likes about the Pixies, which is cool, but they're doing it in their sound. When they're out of that mode, it feels a little lost to me. It, it's not terrible. It still sounds like the same band, and I enjoyed the sound of the band. Just from a songwriting standpoint,
1: it's not quite as, um, I guess, focused. It feels like they lean on the noise when they don't have as a definitive yeah. chorus. Yeah. Uh, which is fine because a lot, of what they're doing with the guitars and, and the bass stuff is, and the, and the drums are good too, but a lot of the guitar stuff is really interesting so that you can, yeah you can kind of get away with some of the album tracks not being as hooky as maybe w- what the intended singles are. Um, but yeah, I agree. There are times when, you know, it was weird when I listened to it in headphones, it actually sounded worse than when I put it on speakers. Um, and that's usually the opposite case, but when I had it blaring through my speakers, it felt much fuller and it sounded tinnier in my headphones for some reason. I don't know if you encountered that. Um, I could hear where that's coming from. It's,
2: it's EQ'd a little bright and I could see like, depending on the headphones you have, depending on how they're tuned, it could come off very bright. Um, it definitely feels like a record that was mixed. Well, I'm mean, a most of them are, but especially in the 90s, they're mixed for speakers. But um I think you, with speakers, you're going to get probably more depth with this record. And with headphones, all that brightness is going to be like right up in your head, you know? So, yeah. and some of the fuzz is pretty harsh. You know, when they go to those yeah. buzz pedals, it's a very extreme
0: overdrive um, tone. So I could hear, I could see that being pretty brittle and, um, not very musical,
1: yeah, um, one song that didn't work, I think maybe it's just like maybe it's the production, um, still life to me, it's a fine album track that should be like the closer, you know it's it's a very mellow, sort of you know, there's no percussion on it, um like make that your closer or your hidden track or something.
0: Buried
2: with a name, she buried love very much the same. This is not love.
1: that track 10 for us out of yeah. 12
2: i i like it i like this how sparse it is but i'm with you like use that as either like uh, an album closer or even maybe it works mid-album to kind of break things up and give you a,
1: a break sure if you're thinking of this in terms of an a side and a b side like yeah. and, and the a side with that and then pick it up again with the b side uh, this did come out on vinyl the original pressing is quite expensive they did do a reissue like 180 gram and it's sold out through their band camp because they do have a band camp um it's strange it's the only band camp i've ever seen where they sell vinyl but they don't sell mp3s (laughs) which makes no sense i just got
2: excited because i was like when i was um listening to this record which i would like to be able to listen to on streaming easily but a couple of their other songs came up from other records that were really cool too Mm -hmm. and it made me want to dive into the catalog and i'm like what I can't find this band anywhere. So when you just said Bandcamp, I was like, oh damn, I'll just go out, buy all their stuff on Bandcamp. And
1: they apparently were on Spotify for a while and then they were taken off. Because uh-huh. I, I did some research and I was like on a Reddit thread. And people were like, Why did Adorable get taken off of Spotify? So I don't know if it has to do with Creation Records or maybe yeah. they I, I don't know, maybe, but it was just this year too. It wasn't like it happened, you know, five years ago. Um, they did reissue the album on hundred and eighty gram vinyl and you can get those fairly inexpensively um so if you do want to get this on vinyl out there for those who are listening this did get uh picked as number 42 on pitchfork's top 50 shoegaze albums of all time
0: again we can debate yeah the
1: merits of whether it's shoegaze or not but in listening to this coming out in 1993 um you know i wasn't i was not in tune with the shoegaze movement as it was happening in 1993 i mean i was a mm. f- freshman slash sophomore in college yep. and i was just listening to basically american grunge and alternative and i was aware of some things happening in the uk but i can't imagine this from a mainstream perspective is not going to go up against what's happening in 1983, maybe on a college level. Yeah, I could see this band being championed or especially what's been being on creation records and creation, having, you know, a reputation. But I did find out that at this point creation and their U.S. distributor were like on the outs. So when they got this record, they were basically like trash because they were mad at creation for whatever reason. So even though it did get a U.S. release, it got like no backing whatsoever
0: Mm. yeah yeah it is pretty hard to I mean relatively in this day and age pretty hard to find it is it is really hard to find for how good it is too I'm a little always a little concerned when a record is good to listen to it it's this hard to dig
2: up you're like uh oh (laughs) if this is actually good why is it so hard to find and uh yeah, for how much, for the fact that it won the poll tells me something, like there's an audience for this, and then uh, listening to it myself and hearing the
0: quality of the record, it's a head-scratcher why it's so difficult to find.
1: Yeah, and I, I'd be curious as to why Creation or whoever owns the rights pulled it down, but I guess maybe we'll yeah. find out someday. Uh, let's go to our overall ratings on this record. Worthy album, better EP, or decent single? Where do you land? I'm in a worthy album.
0: Um, I hear a lot of stuff on here I like, and it's the things I'm hearing feel classic to me. Um,
2: yeah, I suppose you could listen to this and guess it's a 90s record, but like I said, it could be an 80s record. It even at times reminded me of you know stuff like Interpol you know kind of two thousand Z, um british sea power interpol like sort of that wave of um uh, 80s alternative 90s inspired shoegaze inspired like you know band so it it feels like a, a classic sound to me i think the material that doesn't grab me way, right away i think it you know, the more time I spend with it, the, the, it'll load up and I'll, and I'll appreciate it even more. But as it sits, you know, the majority of the record I like, um, if you took off a song or two, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt it to me. I, I kind of like the idea of it, you know, dropping I'll Be Your Saint, um, maybe even Breathless and the ending at still life. Mm-hmm. That sounds like it feels like a pretty good record to me. Where are you at?
1: Yeah, I could easily do that. I also feel like the noisier songs like a fade in A to Fade In or Cut Number Two, like those are sort of interchangeable. Um so
0: you could lose one of those and then just make it a nine
1: song or ten song record. Um But yeah, it's a worthy album. It's just it's a shame that people can't hear it because how many people yeah. are going to know to go to YouTube and find a YouTube playlist? Because that's about it. Um, so hopefully this will draw some more attention to this, uh, to this album because it's quite good. And it's, I, think if you're, I think if you're into Ride and Slow Dive and those kind of bands, but also like you mentioned, like Psychedelic Furs and Echo and the Bunnymen and Smiths, Like there's some elements here that work as well with that um and, the, and obviously the pixies that got mentioned because that bass tone sounds a lot like kim deal at times um so yeah two were the albums for us so we need to thank who was the do you know who originally actually suggested this? oh it was martin Kay. um he said it's great trashed by the enemy and melody maker in the uk and they as they didn't like the band's arrogance well right. We didn't judge them by their arrogance. We judged them by their skill and their talent, and we gave them a thumbs up. Two worthy albums. Um, so we have redeemed Adorable after almost 30 years. <laughs> um, we've done our work here. We've done our work. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone who voted in this poll and if you would like to vote in these polls you just have to join us over at Patreon. Uh it starts at 2 bucks a month. All that helps us keep 600 and almost 20 episodes of this podcast free for you yeah. to download, stream. Some of them you can even watch now on YouTube. And uh we like it that way. We don't we don't take we don't do advertising and we don't do uh uh you know, paid episodes, except for our 80s episodes, which are exclusive to our Patreon community. Again, you just join us for two bucks a month, you get 80s episodes, you get a vote in these polls, you get to direct the ship that is Dig Me Out by voting in these polls. And it's also where you can go, um, if you uh depending on what level you're at you can read the box newsletter or you can sign up for the box newsletter at digmeoutpodcast.com you can read about new releases every week new albums new books new tv shows movies documentaries all related to 80 the 80s and 90s music that we cover on this podcast plus two new reviews and this week well last week the most recent one. Uh, both user-submitted or, or patron-submitted reviews. That's I didn't right. have to do any work except record the audio. It was nice. <laughs> well, the other good part about that is you get perspectives that aren't just exactly limited to you or me. We, got, we had Gavin, who covered an Australian band for us. Um, Def Rhyme making a reappearance after we covered them in an episode. Nice. Uh, their lead singer had a, has a new project. And then uh, Ian uh, did a KMFDM record for us. Jay, do you know what KMFDM
0: stands for? Kill Motherfucker. I don't know. Kill Motherfucking Depeche Mode. Okay, that's right. (laughs) I always thought that was so weird.
1: Like, why do they hate that band so much? (laughs) Like, that's... there's Did somebody... Like steal a girlfriend when they were in uni, when they were back in, when they were back in university, and then that's that was the end result of it. Is that they, it's kind of like Megadeth and Metallica. Like there's some clear animosity from something happening. Who knows? Do you think Dave Mustaine would ever play with Metallica again? Like just as like, let's say they're doing like their final. He did.
0: Yeah, a couple
2: years ago he played at the they were doing some kind of like celebration shows in San Francisco and he came out and played with them.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that you can knock down that one off the, uh, yeah,
2: I think it was like an anniversary of some kind and they they got a song
0: or two with him and, um, merciful fate. There was a bunch of like guest appearances.
1: Gotcha. Um, the albums that show up in these polls are suggested by anyone out in the whole wide world. You just go to digmeoutpodcast.com. You go to our suggest an album page, put your album choice, your, your band or artist choice with a little write up of why you're picking them. And those go into our hopper, which turn into these month long polls that we really hope won't turn into runoffs. At the very end, because it kind of throws our schedule off. <laughs> uh, we got this thing down to a, like a science. We know we, this poll ends. Boom. Review. Boom. Done. Factory. We're like, we're like Ford putting out the Model Ts.
2: <laughs> a little bit. I hey mean, we're squeezing this in our day jobs, you
1: know? You know, yes, exactly. We so gotta... we do appreciate uh, every patron and every suggestor for helping make this happen. regards because again we never would have found this record if it was just up to the two of us oh
2: god no no
1: way we'd be on we'd be on the third pearl jam album by this point (laughs) (laughs) oh no i'm sure we would have come up with some stuff yeah i we still haven't gotten to uh a bunch of bunch of them that i remember from our wfal college radio days that I'm surprised. We haven't gotten to the Funk Junkies yet. Oh, Jesus. We haven't gotten <laughs> to uh, Loud Lucy. Oh, th- man. Remember that band? One yeah, of my first yeah, album yeah. reviews for the, for the uh, music station was uh, Loud Lucy. No idea what happened to that band. Maybe someday we'll find out.
0: Uh, whatever. So anyway.
1: <laughs> whatever. Whatever. I'm rambling. Let's wrap it up with, if you enjoyed what, before I I rambled, if you enjoyed that stuff, please leave us some positive feedback over at Apple Podcasts. Uh, For Jay, I'm Tim, we're out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.